Hi, I'm Pete McCall. Welcome to episode 120 of All About Fitness. On this episode, I catch up with a phenomenal online social media personality who's just a killer instructor working out of New York City. Well, let me be more specific, out of Brooklyn. I met Jaron a few years ago when we were working on a project. Uh, Jaron was an ambassador for Reebok. I was working on a little project with Reebok, and we worked with each other a little bit. And since then, I've been following Jaron on social media. He really is just one of, he's one of these guys, and I've said this before about a number of my colleagues. When it comes to exercise, I'm pretty straightforward. You see something, you lift it, you move it around, you put it back down. And when I see friends and, and colleagues like Jaron put together incredible exercises, it really blows me away just how creative they are. You know, Jaron you know, posts a number of creative videos, just how he links movements together is pretty mind-blowing. And what's even more mind-blowing is Jaron doesn't really have much of a background of fitness. <laughs> In reality, Jaron was doing something completely else and got the bug to become a trainer and to become an instructor. So on this episode of All About Fitness, I asked Jaron how he got his start. He actually started his career. His career was teaching kids until he had a little bit of a lifestyle change, and I'll let him tell you about that. After a brief word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, Hyperware, the maker of sand bells, soft, soft bells, and the vest, and TerraCore, the maker of the TerraCore fitness platform, it really is just a lot of fun to sit down and have a conversation with one of the most creative fitness instructors I know, Jaron Lyles, out of Brooklyn, New York. Now, in my 20 years as a fitness professional, I've been approached by many companies asking me to review their product, recommend their product, and more often than not, I take a look at what they have to offer and I just kind of say thanks, but no thanks. I'm not interested in working with any company or any product that I don't believe in 100%. So when I saw the TerraCore, I immediately knew right away this is a product I wanted to work with. The cool thing about the TerraCore is that it's an inflatable bench. That's right, folks. The TerraCore was designed to be a bench first, and the inflatable cushion in it allows more range of motion from your body. When you lay on a normal bench, the bench restricts motion in your shoulders and can compress your spine. But laying on the inflatable, the inflatable side of a TerraCore allows a little more range of motion in your spine. It doesn't put the direct pressure on your spine and your shoulder blades. So if you're looking for a great piece of equipment to use at home, not only can the TerraCore work as a bench, but it can also work as a balance trainer. It can work as a core trainer. You can lay across it and train your core in a variety of different ways. And you can flip it upside down and, and use the handles to do a number of creative drills for the upper body. The TerraCore is one of the most creative, versatile tools I've seen in a long time. So it's really an honor to be working with them. I do a little consulting with the company as a director of programming, and I'm more than happy to have them as a sponsor of the All About Fitness podcast. Go to TerraCoreFitness.com, check them out, and you can use code AAF10. That's code AAF10 to save 10% on the purchase of a TerraCore of your own. Are you looking for that perfect piece of fitness equipment that you can use at home when you don't have time to make it to the gym? Well, check out Sandbells by Hyperware. Sandbells are an extremely versatile product. It's like a combination of a medicine ball and sandbag into one simple tool. Now, one thing I really like about using Sandbells, and I've used it myself personally for about 10 years, is it allow, Sandbells allow you to do thousands of exercises. You can build strength, you can work on mobility, you can burn calories, and you can increase your overall power output with just one simple piece of equipment. If you go into my garage, you go into my downstairs uh, kind of office slash den, 
you'll see I probably have seven or eight sandbells laying around the house that I use for various uh, various workouts. I also love using sandbells in the various exercise classes I teach because they provide a lot of versatility. They're not intimidating, and most people, when they pick them up, they enjoy using them right away. Plus, who doesn't enjoy a workout where you can throw things? If you want to learn how sandbells can help increase your overall workout experience, check out hyperware.com. If you want to buy a sandbell or two for your own, you can go to hyperware.com and use code AAF10. That's AAF10 to save 10% on the purchase of a sandbell. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness. Today, speaking with Jaron Lyles out in New York. Jaron, what what were you doing before you got into fitness? Because what I want to do today is talk with you about how you got started in fitness. And in case there are people out there listening who go, man, I love fitness and it's something I want to do, but they just don't know how. So what were you doing before you got into fitness and how'd you get into it? Hey, what's up, guys? So I was actually a school teacher. That's number one. I taught elementary school and daycare actually for about 10 years, second, third and fourth grade. Uh, I wanted to teach grades where I was taller than the kids, so I can be a little intimidating. And um, I was also a poet and a writer. Um, My degree is in elementary education, but when I was in college, um, I picked up a love for writing. And I ended up uh, getting published, and I worked for my publishing company uh, doing speaking engagements for myself and arranging like speaking engagements for other writers uh, throughout the country. I didn't know that. I knew that I knew the piece about being an elementary school teacher, but I didn't know that about, do you still do any writing? Uh, sometimes I'm mostly inspired, um, by love and relationships. And I've been very, very focused on work right now. So I haven't been as inspired as I could be or should be. <laughs> well, and let's, let's start with that. So what, what is your, what do you do now for in fitness? Cause you're, you're known as one of the more creative instructors. You're a pretty popular instructor in the little town you work in, right? Okay. So right (laughs) now I am a, uh, I know (laughs) I am a group fitness instructor for Equinox. Um, I've been working here for about nine years. I started out as an Equinox trainer, uh, went through their training program. And, um, at the time that I was a trainer, I would kind of peek into the main studio and see the classes going on. And of course it reminded me of my years as a school teacher, standing in front of a bunch of people, telling them what to do, having fun, being creative while educating them. And so I kind of got the bug to do group fitness as well. So I did personal training and group fitness for Equinox for about a year. And then I switched over to group fitness about my third year in, and I've been doing it ever since. And we'll get into what you're doing now. What was you know, what was the thing that got you motivated? Because from our from an understanding from our previous conversations, you weren't always an active guy, were you? No. Oh my God. So I was a nerd. I was basically a nerd growing up. Um, I played video games. I was like reading all the time. And uh, I needed a gym credit to graduate from high school. And so I took the weightlifting class and um, started to work out and got muscles and abs. And girls started to like me. And so I was like, hey, I should probably keep this up. So um, I continued to work out uh, through college. But um, once I left Once I left college and moved back to New York and started teaching, I did join a gym. But at that point, I I wasn't necessarily knowledgeable about fitness. I kind of did whatever I saw 
in the magazine. So it was like chest day every day. I did no legs, <laughs> no legs. Cause I couldn't see my legs in the mirror. I would drink every drink energy, like post-workout drink that the gym sold and, um, did like no cardio. And at one point I had went from 180 to 205 pounds. And what did not help was that on top of all the lifting I was doing, um, I was eating Chinese food at least twice a day. So it was just sesame chicken. Yeah. Sesame chicken, chicken fried rice and uh, soda. And this is after I'm drinking all the vast calorie drinks uh, that they offered at the gym. And um, so at one point I got to 200 and something pounds. Now, funny story. Um, at one point I started feeling all these weird symptoms. Like I was getting like really tired, like maybe urinating a little more and my, my vision was blurry. And um, being the internet warrior that I think a lot of people are, I started Googling what these symptoms were. And um, the things that were coming up for what I was feeling were diabetes and AIDS, right? So now I'm like panicking. I go and get tested. And in the middle of me teaching a class, I get a phone call from my doctor like, you need to come in like the next day. So if you want to talk about the longest 24 hours of my life, thinking that the doctor was about to tell me that I had picked up like this, uh, like uh, AIDS or whatever, he calls me and he's like, okay, so we checked your blood sugar level and it's getting really high. And if you're not careful, you're going to become a diabetic. And I was like, yes. <laughs> he was like, okay, that's not really good news. And I was like, listen, I thought it was going to be something else. So we're good. But, um, but no, but at that point it was like a wake up call. So, um, I immediately stopped eating all the crazy Chinese food and I ended up getting a trainer and I lost about 20 pounds um, that summer and fall and managed to keep it off. At the time, I was also doing uh, capoeira, which is an Afro-Brazilian martial arts. So um, I was getting that quote-unquote cardio in. So it slimmed me down. And um, when I decided to switch careers for a bit, um, I was like, well, what can I do besides teaching? And it was like, well, you know, fitness changed my life. And, you know, being in my 20s, and nearly diagnosed with diabetes, you know, was kind of a wake up call for me. Like you, you can't take your youth for granted. You want to develop, you know, better health and fitness habits now so that you can enjoy a, you know, healthy life to enjoy a healthy life period. And so that was what made me transition into fitness. Well, and I think that's a, that's a cool story, Jaron. And I didn't realize that you had worked with a trainer because it's amazing how many people I come across in doing what I do, teaching workshops people who have the same story, they lost 20 pounds, they lost whatever pounds and were motivated by a trainer. And so they changed their career to become a trainer. Now, one th a thread I want to go down before I get into your transition into group fitness is you grew up in New York City, correct? I did. And what part Bro of the city did you grow up in? Brooklyn, New York, Bed-Stuy, do or die. Okay. So what is, because one of the things I see in, in the travels is that there are, you know, a number of years ago, uh, Michelle Obama, you know, kind of helped promote this concept of a food desert where people, certain people living in certain neighborhoods didn't have access to good food. And so I think one of the things that maybe you experienced is common among people in certain areas where they're not really 
exposed to good nutrition choices or they're not really exposed to kind of like proper education. How much do you think that do you think that's a real challenge in certain communities that they're just not exposed to certain certain ideas? Well, I don't know if I would say the words good food because the food that I was raised on was amazing. (laughs) But I mean, like it's good as in it tasted good. But as far as like healthy is concerned, um, no. Um, For the most part, I come from a Southern and Caribbean background. So it was barbecue chicken, beans and rice and rice and rice and ribs. And so um, I, I would probably more say that like our family just had a particular style of eating that didn't veer towards being healthy. I mean, I can't say that I know or knew whether or not there were healthier options um, wherever, um, like throughout the neighborhood. Um, I mean, in the bodegas, they had cheaper food. So I guess in hindsight, you know, no, there wasn't as many like healthy choices and options as there could have been. Um, but you know, at the same time, a big part of it was definitely cultural. <clears throat> and I think that, I think cultural goes across many, many ways, Jaren, cause I don't think it's any one, one subset or any, any one, you know, race. Cause I do think that, that people of all cultures, one thing that brings families together is food, right? That they have that big meal, whether you're, you're Italian, whether you're Mexican, whatever. I think one of the things that a lot of cultures, you know, kind of the, the way they relate to one another on is food. And you're absolutely yes. right. The food tastes wonderful. Trust me, it's delicious. I love, I love barbecue ribs as much as the next person, you know. But then when you look at it, you know, it's really what are the healthy choices? And do you think there are certain parts of uh, certain you know areas where people just aren't as exposed to many healthy choices? Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely think so. I think there's a greater awareness that is uh, beginning to happen. So I know when I was growing up, um, there were physical activities, of course, you know, there were sports and whatnot, but I do feel like there are more um, options and places to go for fitness and for health and wellness uh, than there was when I was growing up. So there, there definitely wasn't as much of awareness then. It's definitely starting to build up now. Well, and I think that's one of the things, right? Because you and I work, I mean, I, I work for the Equinox out here in, in the San Diego area. And, we, you know, I've worked with, with other health clubs. And it's one thing to help people in a health club. But then when you look around, you go, man, there's so many people that could just use a little bit of movement, a little bit of exercise. Can you tell, tell, tell us what it was like a little bit when you first started going to the gym? Because let's face it, that can be an intimidating experience, especially if you're not exposed to that culture early on. What was your first kind of – do you remember what it was like first walking into the gym that, that one day when you made that commitment to, to make a change in your life? Um, so the gym that I started at was pretty much a mom-and-pop gym. So like it wasn't like a big gym chain like – you know, a crunch or an equinox where it's like filled and it has like a dynamic energy about it. Um, this, the gym was a small one. It was, you know, like mom and pop community based and, but they were like warm and they were friendly. And I really did go into it just on my own. Like I would look at magazines and just kind of remember certain things that I saw other people do, and then I would do it. And I think once I did eventually join, you know, New York Sports Club, and then eventually like Crunch before transitioning to Equinox, um, I think I did start to see and learn, um, 
you know, I guess more about fitness and things that you need to do for your body. Um, and then I remember, it's funny, I remember like the first set of group fitness classes that I took. And it's, it's funny because the people that I first took are now my peers because we all tend to work for the same companies. But um, the first classes that I took was like, it was amazing. You know, just the, the music and the energy and everyone doing the same thing and being inspired by everyone working, you know, together. Um, and again, like this was, this was after I had worked with the trainer because I only worked with the trainer once. Once I lost the weight, then I pretty much learned by watching everyone else and was able to uh, maintain, you know, my physique, whatever. But um, no, I, I definitely remember um, once I got into the gym culture, the friendships and getting to know like instructors, the music and the energy. And um, it just, you know, carried, carried with me and made me want to enter this field. And who were some of those early influencers who really, that, that have become your peers? Oh, uh, let's see. So there's Dawn Parker, uh, she was actually uh, one of the first cycling instructors I ever took, along with um, Christine DeErkely, who now works at Peloton. Um, Carl Hall was at Crunch at the time that I started. Oh, God, so many people. Um, yeah. Like well, what, what, well, let's, well, sorry to interrupt there, because that, that, that gets me thinking, Jaron. You, you are very fortunate that you are working in Brooklyn, in Manhattan, in one of like the big meccas of fitness, you know, you, you can look at certain cities, certain regions in the country that are, that are known um, for their fitness culture. What's yes. it like? Because because when I was going to New York a number of years ago, I'd go up to work with New York sports clubs. I'd go up to, New, to you know, when I worked with the sports club LA, I'd be in there. And, you know, I was in New York probably once a quarter or once every other month for work. But I've moved out here to the West Coast in 2008. And I don't get back to the city that much. And back then in the early 2000s, it was all about the gym. And now it seems like it's all about the studio. So what is, talk to me a little bit about the fitness culture in, in New York City and what that means, you know, what is it like to be a part of that culture? So, I mean, I think it's definitely a blessing that it's so prevalent here. There are like so many different studios and formats and workouts that there is definitely something for everyone. I think that most studios strive to create communities communities within their culture to keep people motivated and to keep people consistent. Um, I think the flip side is because there are so many fitness businesses here that it can get very saturated and it can get very competitive and, um, and it can also get very expensive. Like I know fitness here uh, can run people a lot of money uh, either for their gym memberships, for the number of classes that they take per week. Um, I definitely would not want to be anywhere else but here. But I do believe that, um, like, there's, there's, a, there's a very strong community culture that's here, but also very strong, like, financial, financially conscious, bottom line oriented uh, business mindset that we need to be careful about, that it doesn't shortchange the consumer um, in the interest of getting people in the door and making money. 
Like, I have a lot of thoughts about this. <laughs> well, it, but it's interesting you say that because I know a lot of people, you know, the, the mindset in New York when I talk to, to talk to sometimes, and not all people, obviously, but, but sometimes when I talk to New Yorkers in the fitness industry, there always is that what's in it for me? How am I going to get compensated? What, you know, because I think it's very easy in our industry to take people for granted. You know, if you're a new trainer coming up, if you're a new instructor coming up, it's very easy if I want to, you know, do a promotion, hey, Jaron, why don't you come do this for free, you know, be a good exposure for yourself. Have you experienced that? And how have you kind of created, how have you worked to create, you know, your become more well-known and create your own brand of fitness? Well, I will say, number one, I think I was lucky to start off working in a big box gym because, you know, with members here, I had to learn how to become a credible personal trainer and also how to sell myself. And so I was surrounded by very experienced people and more important people that um, prioritize substance over style. Like I think if I started out as an instructor and possibly in the boutique uh, studio experience, I think boutique studios tend to focus a little bit more on the experiential emotional and connection connection aspect of fitness. Um, whereas when you're a personal trainer, it tends to be a lot more about results. And so I think starting out as a trainer first, I always felt was the best thing for me because I focus on science, the programming, and I kind of already had the skill set of being able to create an experience from having been a school teacher um, working with kids and having to entertain them and not be bored and being creative. And so I think that was really helpful. And then another really good thing was that um, when I started out, there were people that helped me that got no benefit from my success. So managers would give me advice at do, um, with training and instructors would take me into their classes and even studios like other boutique studios. Um, instructors would, you know, like let me into their classes and, you know, would give me advice and stuff like that, you know, with no benefit to themselves. And so it made me believe in paying it forward. So anytime I have an opportunity to, go and take other people's classes, support and promote them, mentor other instructors, mentor other trainers. Um, I try to do that because um, one of the other things that somewhat frustrates me about fitness nowadays is that a lot of our relationships tend to be transactional. It's like you meet someone and you wonder, how can they help you? Can they help promote you? Will they get you likes on social media? And you don't really connect with people just because you like them or they like you and you just want to help them grow. And so I'm just of the mindset where, yes, I'm doing what I need to do for my business, but I also want to support like-minded people that prioritize helping others grow and become better and them becoming better trainers as opposed to, let's say, just becoming popular and getting a bunch of likes and a million dollars or whatever. Well, that's a good mindset. And, you know, I think that that goes back to kind of what we what we all used to do. You know, the, the, the gyms I used to work in when I was training full time, Jaron, where it was like a bunch of us just working together and kind of supporting each other. And if there was a client that wasn't quite the right fit for me in terms of personality wise, but I mm -hmm. thought that you'd be a good fit for them, I'd be more than happy to refer them to you. Or I had a couple of colleagues who if I went on vacation, 
I'd feel totally comfortable having my clients train with them. And I never looked at anybody's competitors because frankly, if I lost business to you, then that means I got to get better. I don't look at you in a down way. I kind of take that on myself. Do you think that, you know, what do you think is an important thing about that, that community? How do you think we can overall within fitness that we can kind of create more of a supportive community? Because from what you say, I, I try to do the same thing. I always try to, I've been helped by a lot of people. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without a lot of people giving me a hand up. And so I feel obligated to do the same thing. How do you think we can get that message out there? Well, the first thing is to, is to recognize that there's definitely enough people out there. Like there's enough business out there. And if you believe in your product, if you're credible and if you're able to connect with people, then you will create a business. You will, you will create a business. Um, you can be successful. But at the same time, I think um, it's helpful to like – so I teach, let's say I teach, I teach mostly hit classes, right? So I don't want my members to come to me every single day because it's not good to do the same modality all the time. You need to work on your flexibility. You need to work on your mobility. You know, there are other things that you need to do so that a person is more well-rounded and in shape. And so I try to, you know, tell my members and my clients to go and visit other classes, go and take other trainers. It's like when you recognize that everyone in the fitness community has something to offer that will make your people better, your people will appreciate that about you, that you're not making this all about yourself and that you're making it about them. So it's like if, when we recognize that there's enough business to go around and that there are many talented people that can help that, you know, have the talent and the skills to help make people more fit. If we can just share the love, I think, and have that mindset, then I think people appreciate us. You know, we'll continue to have a good flow of uh, members and clients coming in and we'll have sustainable businesses for years to come. I, I think you're right on the money there. And I love the fact that you say that you refer people to other, other people's classes because I think that's a, str- that's a sign of a strong instructor. You know, I know I've heard of other instructors saying, don't go to her class or don't go to his class. And I've heard of trainers, you know, telling people, don't go to group fitness. You know, why would you want to go to group fitness when that, you know, that kind of divides it. And, and I want to see, you know, I want to see a client succeed. And if a client succeeds because they fall in love with yoga or they fall in love with indoor cycling, well, then I help facilitate that. You know, I, I don't understand how people get in that mindset of, of being isolated and all alone. That seems a little bit just self-defeating. And and I firmly believe, Jaron, it sounds like you do too, that if you put the positive energy out in the world, it'll it'll come back to you. Is it, have you experienced how that works? Well, I think what it what it does boil down to is what your values are. And this is something that I plan on like discussing I'd like I discuss I plan on discussing more in the future, like deciding what your values are. It's like you know, if you are in this industry to, um, if you want to make money, let's say, if you want to make money, that's fine. There's like absolutely nothing wrong with it. But if that's your desire, then a lot of your decisions are going to be informed by that. And so like, let's say, for example, there may be a trainer or a studio that wants to teach multiple formats in their building. Why do they want to do that? Because they want to be able to offer more things, 
you know, to more people, which may be great. So you may have a class that's half um, strength training, for example, and then half yoga, which is like perfectly fine. Um, but in the end, in my mind, I'm thinking if you're doing half of something, then you're only going to get half of the benefit for each thing that you do. And personally, I don't believe that. Like if you're going to invest your time in something, you need to get the full time, the full benefit of it. So for me, I'm not going to, if I don't work out that way, then I'm not going to ask other people to take a class of mine where I'm doing two different things where they're not going to get the full benefit and effort and attention for both things. So I think you have to identify what your philosophy, what your values are as far as like what you want people to gain from working out with you and what you want to gain with your business. And then that will shape your decision-making. And hopefully it's people centered. Hopefully your values and your goals are centered around wanting to do things for people and make people better. You know, and that's, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it because, you know, and that's the interesting thing about New York, right? Is that even though New York is a major city, you know, doesn't New York, don't, as a New Yorker, don't you feel like you're part of a community you know, because I think a lot of people have this perception, Jaron, of New York as like being overwhelming. It's really huge. And, you know, if you go to visit for 48 or, you know, 72 hours, it can be really overwhelming. But how much, I mean, you're talking about this as kind of a sense of community. How much does New York feel like like a, a smaller community once, you, once you're living there and, and just kind of doing your thing there? Oh, definitely. I mean, there are definitely tribes. Um, I, I do think because there's such a love of fitness here, there are definitely tribes that connect and, you know, studios and trainers and their people that like interconnect and do events and things together. And again, that aspect of New York city is amazing. You know, there are so many people, there are so many gyms, there are so many studios and we all find ways to connect with each other, either by visiting each other or um, having special events um, or being sponsored by different companies where we're all brought together. So yeah, as huge as New York is, there's definitely like a spirit, a connectivity here that I definitely, I would not think is anywhere else. And again, even though there are so many people here, there are enough studios and businesses and trainers and influencers where you can find people that you can connect with and, you know, stay motivated and inspired to uh, reach and maintain your health and wellness goals. And and see, that's cool to hear. It's cool to hear because you do get that sense of, of kind of a vibe. You know, when I was there a few months ago, I visited you, I visited Kira Stokes and you definitely got a sense of that. Now, going to be starting to wrap it up here, Jaron. What I want to do is get back to the time when you made the decision to leave teaching. And teaching can be a relatively, I'm sure it's not an easy profession, but but being an elementary school teacher, at least you know there's some stability there. What caused you to make that decision to get into fitness? And how scary was that when you first made that, you know, made that change? So, I mean, it was definitely scary and unexpected because I had gotten my um, undergrad degree out of state. And so, like, um, when you are a teacher in New York State, like, the, uh, the amount of time that you are certified uh, to teach 
depends on where you got your degree. So if you were certified in state, you get to teach for a longer period of time than if your degree is from out of state. And I did not know at the time that they had changed the rules for how long I would be certified to teach in NYC with the degree that I had. So my final year, um, even though I thought I had more time, but I was told, um, Jaron, after this, you're not going to be certified anymore. And so um, I decided that I was going to go to grad school. I wanted to go to grad school here and get my degree so I could continue to teach here in New York City, but I didn't want to continue to be a teacher because I could have taught at a private school or a charter school. I didn't want to teach full-time and go to school full-time. So I said, well, what can I do where I had more flexibility? So I said, well, I'll do personal training since I already like working out. I had connections at uh, the Crunch that I was uh, a member at. So I figured that would be a way for me to make money while I was going to grad school. And so I applied for working as a trainer first, um, got hired by Crunch, but they took too long to process my paperwork. I don't know what happened. And I didn't think that I would get into Equinox because at the time, you know, it was Equinox. Like, like they wouldn't hire, you know, a trainer fresh into fitness with no experience or whatever. Um, but they, they did, I dropped my resume off anyway. They took a chance on me and I ended up liking training so much that I forgot about grad school and just stuck with it. <laughs> it's funny how people say that. And, and what's interesting is, you know, I've been the hiring manager before, Jaron, and, and, and for listeners kind of one of the things I'm going to be doing is, is I'm going to be releasing this with a couple other interviews about people like us that had other careers and then decided to make that shift um, to get into fitness. And as a as somebody who's been a hiring manager, we can teach you the right way to do fitness. You know, we can teach you, you know, so I think people out there, if you're, if you're listening and thinking, well, I'd really like to change my career and become an instructor, become a trainer, don't be intimidated by it. Most companies will take somebody like, like myself or somebody like Jaron and coach you up into how they want you to deliver fitness. You know, they, right. they'll take you and meld you with that. What, what was that experience like? I mean, how, how powerful was it to be given that kind of support and that amount of confidence from, from a larger company? So I will, I will definitely say that I'm a unique individual in the sense that I am someone that needs space and room to be creative because I'm naturally like ambitious and eager to learn. So I think my managers, when I first got there, you know, they taught me what I needed to know. They also gave me the room to be creative and to drop and to try different things to engage and connect with members. And so I definitely applaud Equinox in having managers and staff that knows how to identify the strengths and the weaknesses in the people they bring in and, you know, learn how to hone us and um, develop our talents and our skill sets. So it was, it was definitely a plus for me that I was taught the basics and then told, go out there and have fun, which is exactly what I did. And then when I got into group fitness as well, again, like my creativity was allowed to, you know, grow and develop. And the classes that I taught were ones where like I had to program for them as opposed to being given a sheet of workouts that I had to follow that everyone else is doing. So I think if you are a person that's starting out, 
it's definitely important for you to try to learn as much as you can and, you know, look for managers or a support system or mentors that will be supportive, help you grow, help you learn from your mistakes and, you know, just help you to become the best that you can be. And that's really, you know, you started this telling me that you had been trained as, as a writer. And one of the things I'd want to talk to you about, Jaron, is you know, I, I follow you on Instagram like a lot of people do. And I think you're just one of the more creative guys I've seen in terms of the movements you do, the exercises you put together. Because you'll put something up there and I'm like, dude, the dude is knocking out of the park because you're sequencing stuff in a way that, that I'm more traditional. You know, I think pretty linear, but you're sequencing stuff. Do you view movement and exercise? Is this now kind of a creative outlet that what writing used to be? You know, oh, how have you transitioned that? One one hundred percent. And I there's I guess you could say there's somewhat of a process for when I program. It's like I'll figure out the basic movement pattern that I want for a particular exercise, and then I'll say to myself, how can I generalize it? Like what can I add to it to make it a little bit more unique? than what it basically is. So if it's going to be a squat, like what can I do to make it a little different? Um, do I change the plane of motion by making lateral or do I change the tempo of the movement or do I add a second uh, movement to it, like a squat into a reverse lunge? So it's, it's, it's a consistent uh, practice of mine to look at a movement pattern and try to decide how I can make it more fun. And I, I think that also stems from me being a school teacher because anytime I had to create a lesson, you know, I had to create it, I had to be able to deliver it in a way and in language that was engaging to my kids. And I kind of bring that same mindset here. I think because I worked with kids so much, having fun just became really important to me. So I think a lot of the exercises that I do in my classes, I try to make them fun somehow. We, we play tag, um, we shuffle around, we run around, we, we, we make games out of the exercises that we do. And let me ask you, what, what grade did you teach again? Second, third, fourth grade, and then on occasion, I did uh, daycare like after school. And I'm sure everybody listening is probably thinking the same thing. Which is more challenging, teaching a room full of kids or getting a room full of adults to do a workout <laughs> program? <laughs> yeah, what, what, is, what was it like to go from teaching kids to all of a sudden, you know, making a room full? And I always joke about this, Jaren, you know, what we do is we make a room full of half-naked adults sweaty. You know, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's our job as fitness instructors. But what was that transition like to go from working with kids to working with adults? Um, well, it's the kids. Well, the kids were definitely fun. I think the kids kept me like very youthful. I think when you're working out with adults, uh, sometimes life has hardened a lot of people and, you know, certain experiences that they go through have, um, made their adulthood and their health and fitness more challenging. And so sometimes it takes a little bit more effort to, you know, motivate them and inspire them. And, you know, when you're training adults, it's not just their physical, it's their mental, it's making them believe that this is a process that if they work on it consistently, then they will see the results that they want. 
Whereas children, you know, they're young, they're crazy, they just want to have fun, they're idealistic. Um, I mean, I've had kids, of course, that had problems in childhood upbringings, but for the most part, um, it's I, I, I basically try to make my classes and my community one that's fun, where we engage with each other, where we are realistic about what it is that we want to achieve and what it's going to take for us to get there. But um, on the whole, I mean, I love both. I love half-naked, sweaty people, and I love kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, what is one of the things? Anybody who follows you on social media, any, anybody that, that takes your classes, know knows that you have a very special relationship with with a person in your life. Talk to me a little bit about your mother, because I love I love watching oh, your your exchanges with her, and just like you know, it seems like she's very. I don't want to say she's antithetical, but she's like oh, she seems she like a very you, you play off her well. Antithesis. She's the complete antithesis of me. My mom, my mom, first of all, is basically the queen of Applebee's. Like <laughs> she walks in, and it's like they immediately hand her free drinks. Like she, I don't know if she flirts with the waiter or something. They give her discounts on like her food or whatever on karaoke night. She's like the star of the show. And it's like my mom, God bless her. It's like, she is in her sixties and she is living her life. And she's like, you know, I have however many years left, I'm going to go out with the bang. So if that means I'm eating pizza and French fries and a Coke Jaren, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to live with it. And, you know, like she, she's been getting a little bit better. Like she'll tell me like Jaren, like the last text that I got from her not too long ago, she's like, Jaren, I walked and I burned 60 calories. I'm so proud of myself. I had a milkshake, which <laughs> she basically drank the 60 calories that she burned. But, but that's okay because with her, as long as she's like, getting a little bit more physically active, you know, I'm just going to pray to God that, you know, we, she stays here, you know, much, much longer so she can see her grandkids, whatever. But yeah, my mom, God bless her. She'll, whenever I go to see her, she's like, all right, we're going to order Domino's. And I'm like, mom, I, I can't. It's like, all right, more pizza for me. And there we go. It's I, my mom. I, I mean, I honestly, Jaron, I, I love your interactions with her. I mean, because you, you'll post, you know, for, for people listening, you know, Jaron on, on either Facebook or sometimes on, on Instagram will post his little text conversations with, with his mother. And that just really sometimes those it was, it was just, I mean, they make me laugh. But just from a, because I know how much love there is going back and forth between the two of you. And it's just something really cool to see. And I think you know this. I mean, I think you know that you're having a positive effect and you're getting her to think a little bit more. I mean, and, and that's what we all want with anybody we work with, right? Is we want, we want people, we want to help somebody become just a little bit more healthy in their day from having interacted with us as a professional. Yes. You know, and now to wrap this up, what is vision fitness and what are you, what are you doing with vision fitness? Okay. So vision fitness is by, um, it's my personal brand. I guess it's the umbrella to which all of my personal ventures stem from. And, um, the story behind it is, um, so my brother at one point was 280, was 280 pounds and, um, not really, I don't know how to turn this buzzer off. That's okay. Um, That's all right. yeah. Hold on. Hold you're a popular, you're a popular dude. 
Okay. So um, my brother was um, close to 300 pounds and he decided that he would, you know, start working out a little more, check his diet. And at one point he lost to, he lost 40 pounds. So at the time that he lost that 40 pounds, if you looked at him, you would still look at him and see that he was not really in shape. And, but when he looks at himself, he sees himself differently because he knows where he came from. So it's the same body, but how you see the body is different um, depending on your mindset and what you know about the individual. And when I was coming, when I was trying to come up with the name for my brand, it kept coming back to vision because how you see yourself, your vision, what you want, where you want to go, all of that plays a role in how successful you are in reaching your goals. And so for me, Vision Fitness and the tagline for it is, it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. It's like, it's it's about my philosophy in fitness, which is again, being um, passionate about yourself, being realistic about what you want and what it will take to get there, and just making sure that you have a clear and positive perception of yourself and where you want to be and go. And so mindset is very, very important with how I deal with my members and clients. Dude, that, that is awesome. And how can people fo- find you and follow you? And, you know, cause you really have one of the more creative Instagram feeds that I see, you know, when it comes to exercise and how can people follow you and interact with you? So my Instagram is just my name at Jaron Lyles, G E R R E N. L-I-L-E-S. Um, uh, my website is also my name, GeraldLiles.com. And then I also have a clothing line. It's VizFitApparel.com, V-I-Z-F-I-T-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com, which is basically um, shirts and hats with some of the motivational sayings uh, that I use with my clients and in my classes and whatnot. And so those are pretty much it. I am on Twitter Twitter with my name as well, but I'm more active on Instagram through my website and through my clothing line. And 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 so do you have what's your words of advice? So somebody somebody listening to this, here's how, you know, kind of here's how passionate you are and here's, you know, kind of how you made your transition. If anybody listening to this is thinking about making that shift and leaving whatever drudgery of their job behind and becoming a instructor or a trainer, what what's your advice to them? Um, my advice would be to strive to be someone that is respected by other trainers and instructors. Like it's very easy to have a mass following of people that don't know fitness and don't have knowledge of the ins and outs of it. Be someone that is constantly seeking to learn and improve as a trainer. Be someone that motivates and inspires other trainers to become better because having a personality being good looking having muscles being popular like that's really the easy part you know but the hard part is making yourself better making yourself respectable and credible and understanding that true success and longevity takes time and effort. So don't go into this industry looking to become successful quickly, looking to make a ton of money quickly because you can crash and burn very quickly. Be someone that 
learns, continues to grow, growing steadily and constantly, and you'll have a long and fruitful fitness career. That is awesome advice, Jaron. Hey, man, I really, I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate your friendship and, and I appreciate your leadership in the fitness business, man. Keep on doing what you do. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. The reason why I want to speak with Jaron is I want to give you listeners kind of insight into one of the more creative people in fitness in New York City, in the New York City area. You know, it's easy to see some people that are instructors or trainers, especially when they're in the media and they're out front. You know, one of the cool things about what Jaron does, he does a lot of like outreach. He gets invited to a lot of fitness events in the New York City area. And when you see these people and you watch how they move and you watch what they do, you may think, wow, they must have been doing this a long time. They must have been really going through a big, you know, going through a lot of training to be able to do this. When in reality, not really. You know, anybody, honestly, almost anybody can become a fitness instructor. You just have to learn how to do it. You have to learn from good people. Jaron laid out how he made the change. You know, you have to surround yourself with good people, work with other people, ask for help, show up at events. One of my jobs, one of the main things I do is I teach workshops and fitness conferences, and I speak at events at fitness conferences, teaching people how to be instructors, teaching people how to be trainers. So if you've ever, if you made a change in your life, if you've done something, or if you really have caught the fitness bug, if you want to go, wow, I'd love, even not making a full-time career change, even just doing part-time, because this is a great part-time career. You know, whether you have another job or you're just looking for a part-time job because you got family stuff and other things going on, fitness gives you plenty of options to do, for doing that. And why I wanted to have Jaron on the show and why I wanted to speak with him is so you could hear his story about how he overcame certain obstacles like with family and his environment and how he got started in his career in fitness because you can do the same. You can absolutely do the same. Hey, I was working in politics full-time before I got into fitness, you know, and, and we all have our own journeys. Everybody has their own journey. So if, you, if you're a fitness fan, if you love going to class, if you love doing workouts and you've always thought, man, I'd love to be doing that, well, I have some information in the show notes. I have a couple links. You know, my recent uh, my recent all about fitness quick fit tip episode one nineteen goes in a little more detail about that. So just go back, listen to that, and you'll feel you'll hear a little bit more about how you too can become a fitness instructor and a fitness leader like Jaron. So thanks for tuning in for this episode of All About Fitness. You can follow me on social media on Instagram. I'm Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm just PeteMC underscore fitness. That's PeteMC underscore fitness. Hopefully, you're enjoying All About Fitness. All I ask is you take a moment, give it a rating, give it a review, let your friends know. A great place to come. If you want to share the fitness information, if you want to share this information, I'd really appreciate that. I love putting this out there, and that's all I ask is you tell other people about it. If you want to contact me, reach out Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.